Father, thank you for today, God. We ask you for the Holy Spirit, wisdom and revelation to come, Father God. Multiplication, even more revelation than you've been showing, Father God. Father, we thank you that for the cross, God, for the power of the cross. For the cross means nothing to those that are dying, to those that are perishing, but us who believe it is the power of God. It is the power unto transformation. It is the power to be set free. It is the power. So Father, we thank you that we will have fruits that abound in our lives, Father God. That we, as we abide in you, and your word abides in us, we will bear much fruit in every season of our life, Father God. Father God, as we keep focused and our eyes gazed upon you, the author and finisher of our faith, God, that there's nothing that's impossible for us who believe, that there's no weapon formed against us that will prosper. Although weapons may be formed, and they are being formed all the time, word curses, people doing this, betrayals, accusations, witchcraft, heresies, divisions, but they will not prosper for those that are bearing the fruits of righteousness, the fruits of the Holy Spirit, the fruits of the God that created the heavens and the earth, the God that sits upon the throne, the God that laughs at the enemy, the God that has planned our days and knows every hair and a number of hairs on our heads or our faces or wherever on our body that we have hair. He knows that much about us and He's made us all different. But we all are called to bear fruit and our fruit that will remain. Not just a one fruitful season, but a flourishing multiplication of the fruit that remains unto salvation. In Jesus' mighty name. Today's message is called Fruit. And God was, and the Holy Spirit was, last week, early in the week, was showing me about fruits, because a lot of religious people want to false judge fruits of somebody. Well, if somebody comes and you're having a bad day and they want to judge your fruit of that type of fruit, they might say you're not a Christian. But see, fruits, the fruits that Jesus tells us to judge are way more deeper than what religion tells us and, and what um, people want to. Because how many of you know, some people are born with certain traits like there's just meek meek kind of people and they're just meek and they didn't do nothing they were that way before they ever met Jesus and there's people that are aggressive and they were aggressive before they met Jesus and they're still aggressive now and they're and God's working on them so what is the type of fruits that we're supposed to be judging or pay paying attention to is what God wants to show us today Matthew 7, judge not lest you, or, and, you, and that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you shall be judged, and what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you again. And why do that, the, the mote and thy, thou beholdest the mote in thy brother's eye, but cannot thou the beam that is in thy own eye? How would that you may Say to thy brother, pull, let us pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold the beam out of thine own eye. Thou hypocrite. So right here we're putting it. 
God wants us to judge, but if you are a hypocrite, so he's not saying judge people's personality. He's talking about judge the, judging their righteousness. So he's saying this. You better be humble and meek and being led by the Holy Spirit whenever God has you to go to righteously judge something. But you're judging something by the fruit of the tree that it's coming from. So if you're trying to judge your, your, your brother and you know he's a Christian and you're all working in the same thing and all trying to do the right thing and trying to bear fruit and you just judge because you're farther along on your walk, God's going to judge you back. The type of judgment he's saying is, is it, it, you know, that's not a sheep, that's a wolf in sheep's clothing and we're to judge that and not let them affect them and protect the sheep and do those type of things. That type of stuff you're supposed to call out and judge. But he's talking about critiquing somebody's, um, um, let's say you got saved five years ago and someone got saved last year. Of course, you better have more fruit. But I've seen it. But Or then you can know someone five years ago and then someone five years ago comes around them and they're exactly the same. You can judge this much. Hey, they haven't grown much but you can't say they're not a Christian. You can say, hey, to yourself, hey, oh, wow, what's been going on with them? They haven't grown because you can judge that. And then you run into people, and then all of a sudden you're like, man, they're really mature. They're really different. So you're judging righteously. You're not judging them. They're going to go to hell. You're not judging that you're better than them. You're not judging, but you're judging and discerning. But some things you're judging for your own safety and for your own, for your own causes. But we're going to go deeper into this thing because it's all about fruit. And he says, you hypocrite, take it out of your own eye. Give not which is holy unto the dogs. Neither cast your pearls before a swine. Lest He goes right into this, casting pearls before a swine. And then he's like, don't waste your time trying to critique an unbeliever. Don't try to waste your time to give revelation or something. Right then, you just, just bring that person the gospel and the hope that is in Jesus. See, so he's saying, do not um, give which is holy to the dogs and do not throw your pearl before a swine lest they turn again and rend it to you. And then he says, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you'll find Knock and it will be open unto you. For whatever man, every one, ask, he shall receive. And every one seeks, he shall find. There's a great promise right there. So some fruit of seeking him is asking, knocking, per persistently going after Christ is another, another aspect of, of someone that's after God. Or what man is there of whom... He shall ask for bread, and he'll give him a stone. If he asks for a fish, he'll give him a serpent. If you, being evil, ask for things, and it goes on and on, it goes, Now enter the straight gate. Wide is and broad is, is, and wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many there which go in thereat, because there is straight and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life. And few there find it. Beware of false brethren, false prophets, false people. They are sheep and wolves clothing. So 
this is you we need to judge rightly so if you know someone's a brother or a sister and they're just not where you're at you're not supposed to judge them he's he's talking about this type of judging but inwardly they're a ravaging wolf so now what are we getting at we're going to get in deeper this we're supposed to judge righteousness righteousness many people say I'm this and that. But now through these storms and these things that are in life, we find out what they're really about. Are they going to stand for Baal? Are they standing for the kingdom of God? Are they standing for men and women of God? Are they standing for faith? Or are they standing up for fear? Are they standing up for Jesus? Or are they standing up for themselves? Are they standing up for righteousness? Or are they standing with their family because they don't want to be persecuted? Are they standing? And for what we're standing, these are the fruits he's talking about. A good tree... It says, a good, a good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. And then it says, they, them, their fruits, they gather. So what do these people gather around them? Secular people will gather secular people around them. And Paul actually said some things, or someone else says, Bad company corrupts good character. So people that are seeking righteousness will be gathering people around them of the same likeness and character. More like we say, birds of a feather will flock together. So if somebody hangs out with a brood of vipers all the time, most likely they're a viper too. If somebody hangs out with in a, in in in, in, a, in a cultish or a wrong religion, that's basically, you can judge by association what really a person is too. So we're to judge, but we're not to accuse and condemn. See, accusing and condemning, this judgment is for our own protection. This type of judgment is for one another. And the types of these fruits that we're to judge are those type of fruits. So when people, see, the, the problem is, we have this false narrative of what, what, what we're supposed to be like light. But see, light doesn't hang out with everybody that's dark. Light goes into darkness and shines and gets people out of darkness into the light. They don't stay in the darkness and be the only light because it says the darkness will soon cancel out the light because the light has to be in us. And if everything around us corrupts what's in us, it's about what is around us. So we're gathering fruits unto righteousness or fruits on thorns, thistles, and different things. So watch this. We cannot, every tree that brings forth not good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, their fruits, we shall know them. See, by their fruits, we shall know them. So God's not saying judge Earlier he's saying, don't be judging. You're not perfect yet. Don't be judging people. But judge the fruits. The fruits of if they're from me or not from me. It's very simple. Fruits that you shall know them by the fruits. Do they stand up for abortion? Do they not care about it? Do they stand up for a brother that's being attacked? Do they stand up for God's word? Do they stand up for the church? Do they stand up for, or are they always standing up for themselves? Or are they always fighting against righteousness? It says, 
He says this right here. It's going to bring this into perspective. Not everyone says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter to the kingdom of heaven, but he that does the will of the Father. So right now, you can judge. This person's never going after the will of God, which is the word of God, because we know God's will is in his word. So there's a good thing. See, these things, and people say, no, we're supposed to know these things because it's for protection. Many will say unto me, Lord, Lord, that day, and have we not prophesied? So it's not saying that someone that even represents God and says scriptures is of the kingdom of God. They prophesied in thy name, and, and they, in thy name they have cast out devils in thy name. They had done many wonderful works. See, so wait, wonderful works. So that would be fruits. Look, they're doing good works. So you got to look at the tree, the heart. You see, oh, you can't look at the outside. See, you can't even look. I'm going to get in deeper into this because you can't look on the outside because people are trying to, people are trying to judge people with Galatian, uh, Galatian chapter uh, uh, um, uh, six. Let me see five. I got it right here. Galatians chapter 5, fruits. But you see, people, some people are just born with those type of fruits. Kindness. I, I, know, I know some people that aren't Christians that are more kind than a lot of Christians. Right? So I'm going to say they're a Christian just because they're kind? No, see, we got to go deeper. Because we're, if we don't know who's... If we don't know, know, know what, we're going to be deceived by the devil. Because the devil's going to send sheep in wolves clothing so you need to know you need to see through the outward appearance through the fleshly eyes and that's what God's saying that we need to have this is called discernment I can discern someone after talking to them for five minutes that's where God wants you it's not like you ignore them and, and get run away you just don't receive you you shut the gates of receiving and you try to reach them you don't just put yourself we don't go hide ourselves out and be like you know uh, segregate ourselves you know like the Amish and become because there there's there's nothing fruitful about that we're supposed to be light and darkness we're not supposed to um, we will eventually be pushed to be segregated out because the world won't, will be illegal to be among one another. We'll have to, it, that's something that's going to be forced, but that's not something that God wants us to do now. He wants us to take advantage of the light that we have and shine it brightly wherever we are. And it says, And them will I pr profess unto that I never knew them. Depart from me. Work. There it is. Worker of iniquity. See, because iniquity comes from the heart. See, everything, so Jesus is always looking at the heart, even if the outside's sometimes bad. Look at David. He did some bad stuff on the outside, but all of a sudden God said he saw his heart from the beginning. And even though when he did a lot of stuff on the outside, later on, even when he got, he turned back to God because his heart was after God. So it's all about righteousness. These are the fruits that we're supposed to be be paying attention to. Wherefore, whoever heareth these sayings of mine and does them, he's like a wise man who built his house on earth. So right there, people that, no matter what, they are in love with the truth and they're, they're seeking after God's will, no matter what it is. 
no matter what persecution comes, no matter what, how hard it might be, they're doing what God tells them to do. And then you know, no, 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 okay, yeah, they got some issues. But they're always running after God, see? They're not drawing people to them, they're drawing people to God. So look, in, right here, so look under the wise man who builds his house upon the rock. So, so is this man building on the rock or is he building on his own foundation? Is he building on the world? Is he building on... On motivation? Is he building on prosperity? Is he building on parts of the gospel? Or is he building on the rock? That's something we need to know about people. And you will when you know him. When you're building on something and you know something because you're in something, whatever comes out of that something you're familiar with because it's part of your life now. So if I'm around the Holy Spirit all the time, I know about other people that are on the Holy Spirit because I know the Holy Spirit. So you'll know the Holy Spirit and other people. So this is the, the fruits He wants us to discern. He doesn't want us to judge people, but He wants us to test the spirits and know the fruit. So He says, Every one that hears these sayings of mine and does them shall be like in, and, and, and sayings of the mind and doeth them not, shall be like a foolish man who builds his house on the sand. So you can look at people, what are they building on? And we've seen through this, this one storm, this blessing actually, because actually before revival, God does a revealing of a lot of people's hearts and things because He showed, he showed the condition of the church. And if this was towards the last days, how many people would turn their brothers and sisters in for the sake to save their livelihood, to save their jobs, to save their businesses, to save their community uh, stature. And how many people will believe a lie before they believe faith? So it's actually all things work together for them, for good for them who love God and are called according to His purpose. And also in the world, all things work together for bad for them who love the devil and are called according to His purposes, which is Babylon in the world. And basically, that's what you're going to see. So even when things are looking bad in the world, that's when Jesus says, Rejoice! Rejoice! For the kingdom of God is at hand. Because the more that shakes, the more the kingdom will be revealed. The more that gets messed up, the more revival or actually people will come to repentance and start to believe God. Because when darkness gets darker, the lighter looks brighter. And those that are lit will be even more lit because something stirs up on the inside. When everything seems okay, when everybody seems okay around you, when everything is going good, that's when the devil takes so many people at will. But when things start to shake and God's shaking everything that can be shaken, that's when people start to see what you're really made of. And God is going to throw these storms out in our life to come again to see, to show people what you're built on and what you've been building on, and what you better start building on now because you're not going to make it. So those that have been building on the rock, they shall not be moved financially, physically, or any other way in the Spirit. And everyone that hears these sayings of mine and does them is like... And, and it, okay, then it says, And the rain came and the floods came and it blew upon the house 
and it fell, and great was the fall of it. And it came to pass that Jesus ended the sayings, and the people were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught one having authority and not as a scribe. Someone that knows the Holy Spirit and knows Jesus, even they will speak what they know with authority. People that don't know someone will speak in a way that this is what I've heard, or this is what I think, or this is what I read. But when you know somebody, you speak on because of you know them, right? If you get it secondhand from so-and-so or out of gossip, you can say, well, I heard this about this person. This is how gossip and things start about and this is why the world gossips about a God, because they don't really have the revelation of what the scriptures mean, or they don't really know what the word means. So they get their own perverted understanding, and they come out with quotes and these things. You see it on the groups and the pages and all the things that we send out, how they, that these haters of these atheists come with these crazy things that if you thought in your carnal mind, it's like, yeah, that seems like God's horrible and bad yet. Yeah, it makes sense. If you take yourself out of the spirit and out of the revelation that you know of the word of God, it said, no wonder they say, yeah, God said, take your son up to the mountain and kill your son. What kind of God would I want that would want to kill? Because their mind has no revelation. Their mind has no relationship. So what is in their mind is carnality. So they're seeing, why would I want to follow a God that tells someone to take his son up, up the top of a mountain and kill his son but did he do that? Eventually, no. He stopped them, and there was, a, there was a reason for everything that God does. But God, and there are a lot of people that think they know God, trying to tell people about God, but if you do not really know God, you'll never be able to tell people rightly about Him. Jesus knew God because He was one with the Father. And now God, now God the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit want us to be one with them too. So as we're one, see, so what you're judging and discerning the fruit of the fruits of righteousness because Jesus is the righteousness and the Holy Spirit is the spirit of righteousness in Christ Jesus. Everyone thinks the fruits are just the fruits of Galatians, but there are all kinds of fruit. The Bible talks about different fruits. Fruits is the manifestation of the vine or the stalk or the roots. And we're supposed to be rooted and grounded in Christ. We are like a tree planted by the water and the river of gladness, the river of God. It comes and there's a river in Ezekiel. talks about the throne of God. There's a river that comes out. So he brings these, these visual things like we were talking about last week with the with the, the killing the prophets message about the snakes and the scorpions. God gives us things that we can see in our minds to understand what the things of the kingdom mean. So we're like an oak tree plant. Oaks of what? Iniquity? No, oaks of righteousness. Planted by the river. And we're supposed to be rooted and grounded in Christ. He says, build your house. Now he goes and he says, now think of yourself as a building and you're a builder and God's the builder and you're building it with him and you're building on a rock, which is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. So it always starts with Jesus, ends with Jesus. He's the beginning and the end. He's the, he's the alpha and the mega. He's the first and the last. His, he'll, have, he'll have the first voice and he's the last voice that we'll ever hear before 
uh, and the great and terrible day of the Lord. And when he said, let there be, and there was, and he's going to say, depart from me, worker of iniquity. He's going to say, good and faithful servant. These are two things that we know that are going to happen with him. So he's saying, we need to know, is he building on the rock? No, are you perfect in the flesh? Nobody is. I haven't met one Christian yet today, even those that are even born with more fruits and things that are perfect in the flesh. So religious people want to judge some ministers of some people's flesh all the time. See, they're judging, they're doing the wrong judgment. The Bible talks about the manifestation from the vine. We have fruits of repentance. Matthew 3, 1 through 11. In those days came John the Baptist preaching, Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. For he that was spoken by the prophet Elijah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. For the same came, and, and it goes down to say what he ate and drank and what he was wearing. Then, then he went into, into Jerusalem and round about, and he baptized him, confessing their sins. So, fruits of repentance. First, people are confessing their sins. They're not self-righteousness. They're confessing their sins. Okay? And he saw many of the Pharisees as he come to the baptism and said, Oh, you generation of vipers. See, what was he doing? John was judging their fruits. So he said, You generation of vipers. Who has warned you to flee the wrath to come? Bring forth, he's telling them, you too. You're not above. Just because you know you can quote the Torah and you think you have religious garments on doesn't make you what you are. I'm judging your iniquity. I'm looking at you and knowing that you have no fruits of repentance. You don't have fruits that you're rending your heart. You already think you've made it. You think, and I'm telling you, he says right back to them later on somewhere, I could make, God could make, or Jesus says someone, these stones uh, cry out to me. Then he says that because you say you're sons of Abraham, and, and, he, and he goes on to say that I'm going to make even those that aren't sons of Abraham sons of God. He says, I can do whatever I want. Don't think just because you're sons of Abraham or the seed of that, that, that makes you righteous. What makes you righteous is the fruits that you bear. The fruits of righteousness, the fruits unto repentance. Bring forth the fruits worthy of repentance. Meat for repentance. I'm just saying, bring forth the fruits. You're bringing forth accusation. You're here to question what I'm doing the whole time. You're disregarding your heart. Because you already think, and in that you're self-righteous. So right there, self-righteous people lack the fruits of repentance. Because people that have the fruits of repentance are always repenting. No matter what, they have a lifestyle of humbling themselves and, and checking their heart before God. That's a great sign of a true believer. Today we're going to get into seeing what real fruits are. Fruits of repentance. You notice people do always want to check their heart. And even if they feel they've done something wrong, they even give a way of saying, you know what? Check it out with God or pray about it or something. They don't come forcefully and say, this is that. But they do it boldly because they know God. And then he says, think not yourselves that I have, oh, here it is right here. I have the, to our father Abraham and say, God is able to raise these 
stones to be children of Abraham. In other words, he's saying, you're nothing special. Know what makes you special? Repenting and being born again. Know what makes you special? I mean, we're all special because God created every human being. But I'm talking about, he's telling them, don't think you're higher than everybody just because you're born as an Israelite or, and, or you're Jewish or whatever you are. He says, because of these, he says, and now the axe is laid to the root of the tree. Because why? It wasn't bearing fruit. Bearing fruit. Fruits of what? Righteousness. This is the main fruit that we have to be paying attention to, not people's character all the time. Therefore, every tree that which bringeth forth not good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. What's good fruit? Fruits of righteousness. Fruits of repentance. Fruits of relationship with God. I indeed baptize you in water unto repentance, but one is coming after me that's mightier than he whose shoes I'm not wearing. He will baptize you in the Holy Ghost and fire. There's another thing right there that you just does. Do they have the Holy Spirit? Because when someone has the Holy Spirit, you bear witness. There's just something that you know that they know. That's a great sign not to judge anybody that has the Holy Spirit. Because you don't know how long they've had the Holy Spirit. But now if you've known them 10 years, God might say, okay, He might show you, yeah, they haven't grown. But you don't go back and say, you're going to hell because you haven't grown. No. You're judging, hey, you know what? They've been whatever, and then to protect yourself. Now, they've grown a lot. Oh my gosh, you can go, hey, what's going on? Talk to me. I want to hear because I want to grow more too. You see, but they're still brethren. Fruits of righteousness. Let's see it right here. 2 Corinthians 9, 3-13. Yet I have sent the brethren, lest my boasting should be in vain on this behalf, that I said that you may be ready, lest happily I come to Macedonia and come with me to find you unprepared. Unprepared. That we, that we say, not you, but we should be ashamed in the same Confidence in boasting. Boasting. See, not boasting on your righteousness, but His righteousness. See, there's some keys that you, you need to pick up in this message today. Therefore, I thought it was necessary to exhort the brethren that they go before unto you and make up beforehand your bounty, whereof ye had noticed before that the same might be ready and be not as covetousness, but this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. He that sows bountifully shall also reap bountifully. That's just not money. That's everything. That's love, patience, kindness, and corruption. So he also says later, if you sow corruption, you'll reap corruption. You sow righteousness, you reap righteousness. And it says, every man according to what he's purposed in his heart, let him give, and not grudgingly or necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. For God is able to make grace abound toward you in every good work, and having all sufficiency in all things may abound. In every good work. As it is written, he has dispersed abroad and he has given to the poor. His righteousness remains forever. 
His righteousness remains forever. Now he that ministers seed to the sower, he that ministers fruit out of the what? Branch. He's the vine, right? And we're the branch. Think about it now. He that ministers seed to both ministers bread to your food and multiplies your seed. Sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. The fruits of your righteousness. People don't believe the kingdom. They're religious. And then they start to get jealous like Cain, that Cain did that day about because of the righteousness that Abel had. He had the boldness. He had the fruits. And when his brother tried to judge him, he was wrong and God had to judge Cain. Because Cain was judging his brother but his brother was righteous. And then what? Abel never judged Cain back. He, never had, he wasn't paying attention to, to Cain. He was paying attention to God. You see the difference? Being enriched in everything. Everything in all bountiness. That's what I'm talking about, the fruits. Which causes through us to thanksgiving unto God. God wants us to live in a place where we wake up every morning thanking Him. No matter what's going on in the world. No matter what's going on in the world, because you have fruit. You're seeking righteousness. You're, right, you're in right standing with God because you're following the Word of God. You're obeying Him, and you're, you're righteous. You wake up clean. You know when you put your head down, you're not living in iniquity because you're ripping off somebody. Or because you're not doing right what God tells you to do. That's a horrible way to live. But if you, when we begin to live in righteousness, the fruit will come with it because God is the God of righteousness. For the administration of the service not supplies, because then you have false brethren judging people unrighteously. This is really deep. Watch how it gets here in a minute. For the abundant also of many thanksgiving unto God, while by the experiment of the, of the administration they glorify God for your profession, your professed subjection, some subjection unto the gospel of Christ and your liberal distribution unto them. The Word of God, the fruits of God, the righteousness of God, all these things, and unto all men. And he says, what? Daniel was hated. Why? Because of his fruits of righteousness. Daniel was hated because they could not find fault in him, so they had to find fault about him. They couldn't find fault in him, so they had to find fault about what he did that didn't line up with what they did. So what didn't line up with what they did, they wanted to judge him as being different from what they are, and that was called persecution. So what sent Daniel in the lion's den wasn't what he did wrong, it's what he did right. What sent Jesus on the cross wasn't what he did wrong, it's what he did right. What sent Daniel and Meshach... Mesh and Abednego, what's the middle guy's name? Radshak and whatever, and sent him into the fire furnace was what they did right and whose righteousness they represented. Yes, they were judged, but they were judged unrighteously. And if you're a Christian and you're judging your brother unrighteously, God's going to judge you. And the world's going to judge us as Christians unrighteously, but we know who got thrown in the fiery furnace 
after they got untouched by the fire. Everybody that threw them in and everyone that messed with the king at that time. And with Daniel, he threw all them. And, and that's basically considered hell. You might be thrown in the fire. You might be put on the cross. You might be judged unrighteously and they might lie about you, make you feel, but your righteousness is in Christ Jesus. And you'll have the fruits and the marks that bear. Paul said, I bear the marks of Jesus Christ. Those are the marks of your righteousness. Philippians 1, 6-11, being confident of this very thing, him who began a good work in you will perform it. He's not telling you to perform it. Him that he's just telling you to build upon the rock. Stand upon his word. Be righteous is what he's saying. You can't do that apart from me. So what is he eventually going to tell us to do? And I'm going to get to that. Don't focus on your fruit or your righteousness. Focus on Jesus and obeying him. As when you focus on Jesus and obeying him and then you, you're a doer of the word, not just hear the word. You don't get deceived by the word or the world. So then what happens is, all of a sudden, your fruit abounds in every good season. And even when God chops the limb up because he wants more fruit, you might look naked to your brothers and sisters, but you're about to birth forth more fruit because you're in the process of the pruning, of the multiplication. God is a multiplication God. That's why he, again, he uses the, the aspects of the world, so we really get an understanding. That's why he spoke in parables, so we really get an understanding of the kingdom of God. So when you look at a fruit tree, and you see a fruit tree, and you see an orange tree, and all of a sudden, the orange tree doesn't have many oranges, but it has oranges, that means what? It's, it's got some fruit. That means it's part of the kingdom of God. So don't be judging a few fruit. You just say, hey, they got fruit. They're of God. Don't judge. Well, look, I have all these fruit. And look, why don't you have more fruit? Then you're going to be in trouble with God. But all of a sudden, God will say, hey, you don't have. That's his job. Then he cuts it because then more branches grow out and it's a multiplication. Then eventually more fruit. And it's up to your, you to water. Okay, let's say you're the tree and you're, you, God says some water, some plant, but God gives the increase. You've got to allow yourself to be watered by the Word and by ministers that are watering you by the Word to receive it into the nourishment. You, got, you have to allow every joint to supply everybody. So if you're the knee, the foot, the hand, you need to be getting supplied from, from the nourishment from the body of Christ. And if you're an orange tree, you might, hey, hey have your, you better have your, your, now we're not trees anymore, we're people. So, but just think you're still a tree. Get your bell, your bucket, and you need to be watering yourself all the time. Because if you don't water yourself, you're going to dry out and die. Because God says you have to be the one that waters yourself. Or to be, you have to want to be hungered and I'll feed you. So there's, there's things that we do, but it's not focusing on the fruit. You focus on the vine. Our focus stays on Him. And as we focus on Him, we, we reproduce right from what the source that we're connected to. The source of life is God, and so we become the branch, and the fruit is His job to do. His job to do, not yours. The problem in religion or self-help or all this motivation thing, they want to send you to the world, send you to counselors, and they want to make you false, produce false fruits that don't come from them. They're coming from 
abstinence. They're coming from uh, coping or venting or different tricks, but nothing changes on the inside because they're worldly false fruits, and that's what the devil's doing. And even good works can be worldly if they're not in righteousness. You can feed everyone that's hungry, but you can go and then you can take also half that money that people are giving you in a ministry to feed the hungry and go support Planned Parenthood with the other half of the money. In your mind, you're righteous. Look, you're helping all the people. But God says, no, it's unrighteousness. Even as it's meet for me to think this of all, you all, because I have you in my heart as much as both my bonds and defense of confirmation of the gospel be partakers of my grace. For God, in my record, how greatly I long after in my vows of Jesus Christ. This I pray that your love may abound. That's part of your love may abound yet and more in knowledge and in all judgment. So that's the judgment we're talking about, what I've been talking about. That you may, <clears throat> may approve the things, approve the things that are excellent, that ye may be sincere and without offense till the day of Jesus Christ. Right there we see it. To be without offense till the day of Jesus Christ. Being filled with the fruits of righteousness. See, in religion, everybody's focusing on the nine fruits of the Spirit all the time. And if somebody is not like the religious model, they like, you know, let's say, okay, that's a great example. Um, what was his name? I want to be my neighbor. That guy had a lot of fruit. I don't know if he's a Christian or not, or if it came from Jesus, but, oh, thank you. But, you know, you could probably slap him on, and but did he go home and did he believe in abortion or not? You know what I'm saying? Did he believe in murder? Did he believe in the Word of God? Did he stand up for Jesus? No, he was just a really uh, calm, nice guy, right? So you would say, wow, he's got a lot of fruit. And then all of a sudden, because you're looking at the aspects, so God wants us not to judge that. He wants us to judge the words, the heart. Right? He said, out of the abundance of the mouth, the heart will speak. So we, we are to judge words. Jesus said, um, again, he says, it's not what goes in the belly and out the back. He's like, it's what goes in the heart through your thoughts, your emotions, your offenses. And then what comes out of your mouth is really what's in you. So religion wants to always focus about what goes in. You got to read the right thing. You got to pray this many prayers. You got to do this and you have to do that. And you need to, you know, fast this many days and do this many things. And Jesus says, abide in me. And when I want to lead you to do that, you're going to do it. Being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are of Jesus Christ unto the glory and praise of God. Fruit. Now, then we have the fruits of the spirit. They're not the fruits of you. They're the fruits of the spirit. They're not my fruits. They're my, they're the fruits of Him. But you can tell somebody that knows Him, but you can have false fruits. People say, okay, He's so meek and kind, but all of a sudden He doesn't believe in standing on the Word. Galatians, here we go. 
Stand fast, therefore, in your liberty, which Christ has made you free. Do you be not entangled to the yoke of bondage. Paul, I say unto you, that if you be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. See, it's an outward thing, right? God wants to circumcise your inward thing. They would circumcise the children, but it's a flesh. God wants to do it by the Spirit. He can only do it. You can't go in your heart, rip open your thing, and actually cut your heart. What are you saying? It's, it's, it's the thoughts, the attention. It's the cleansing of the washing of the water of the Word. It's the cleansing of the mind, the soul, and the Spirit through the Word of God. For I testify again that every man that is uncircumcised, he is a debtor to the whole law. And Christ became no effect unto you. Whoever of you are justified by the law, you have fallen by grace. So many Christians are trying to justify themselves by how many fruit they have. Or trying to justify themselves that they don't do what somebody else is doing. But God says, this is not how you justify yourself because then you're bringing yourself under the law. Let God judge your fruit because let Him do the cutting and let you only judge righteous judgment as I've been uh, as he's been showing us. You have fallen from grace. For we, through the Spirit, wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. So, somebody that doesn't have any faith can't have any righteousness. Because they're, or they have false faith. Faith in their bank account. Faith in their own circumcision. Fake in their own cutting off. Fake in their own. It's still pride. Pride comes in the form of false humility. False words. False accusations. False thoughts that actually make you falsely judge. Because it's really hard to really judge your own fruits until you be, till it comes from the outside. And God, then God shows you. But if you sit there and you, and you are looking at the fruit and God's just cut, cut you down and you don't really have any fruit manifesting that season, you, you'll start living in condemnation. And you might be in another season where you're about to break forth so much fruit that you've never seen. But then all of a sudden the devil comes when he's just seen you being pruned and he tries to persecute you. He tries to judge you by his religious counterparts or false brother. So, Christ is, and it says, and you circumcise your debtor to the whole law. Christ has become of no effect unto you. Whatsoever you are justified by the law, you've fallen from grace. For through the Spirit we wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. For Jesus Christ Neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but by faith which worketh by love. It's like, yeah, I'm righteous already because of what He did on the cross. Now is God sanctifying me? Yes. But if I died today, I'd be righteous because I'm in Jesus. But He still expects me to work out my salvation with fear and trembling and move in becoming pruned and fruitful. Right? So righteous becomes fruitful. But so someone will take half the gospel and say, yeah, and they're right. And someone else, so I had to say, people were there in the big debates going on in Christianity because we have people that think we have to do nothing, he's done it all. And that's true. 
But God, we have to do this one thing. Abide in Him. If we do not abide in Him, we'll have no fruit. And just because you got saved doesn't mean you have fruit. Salvation does not, um, does not guarantee the manifestation of fruits. That comes to you. It, salvation is basically, salvation is like this. It's, it's the manifestation of the fruit. It's, there's scripture that says the, sal- the fruits of salvation. So what you do, what you believe, and how you walk show the actual fruits of your salvation. So your salvation isn't, because you can falsely, people can tell you you're saved because people do it all the time. People go in cults and different religions and different denominations, Jehovah's Witnesses, Mormons, all this. And the whole organization will tell you you're going to heaven and you're saved. But they don't bear the fruits of righteousness. They bear the fruits of Mormonism. He wants us to bear the fruits of righteousness. So you can bear fruits of denominations. You can bear the fruits. And actually, you can bear the covering. Or, or you can look like something. But it has to look like Christ. So that's what people get all... So there's a lot of people in the church that say they're saved, but they don't have... They're not bearing the fruits of righteousness. Because this, when, when the seeds of righteousness are in you, and you water them, you become more righteous. Not in your own strength, but the righteousness of Him. So the fruits that He bears, and the fruits that He expects, and the fruits that come out of Him, are you abiding in Him. He starts to be formed in us. Paul said that I suffer, and I pray, and I travail, that Christ be formed in you. He was talking about that church that was in, in, in very immature. It wasn't that they weren't saved, because he knew they were saved. But he was saying, your salvation proves. So then we go this. So then we go back to saying, okay, well, yeah, it's not by works that any man saved. No, of course not. But he says this. You say, you, then, then God says, you say you have faith, show me your works. So really, salvation has nothing to do with works. It's already done. But abiding has everything to do with your heart, your will, and your intentions. So as we abide in Him, He abides in us and we bear forth fruit. And our fruit that will remain. So basically, no, salvation was done on the cross. But will I bear the fruits of Jesus Christ? Prove who I'm following, who I'm connected to. You see what I'm saying? So if you don't want to stop being judged or have God judge, you don't judge other people, judge yourself and abide in Him. And as you abide in Him and He abides in you, you will bear much fruit and your fruit, that fruit will remain. So for through the Spirit we wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. Because this, I can say I'm saved because I believe in that. That's what gets you saved. Faith in Jesus Christ Faith in that. Now, 10 years later, you're serving the devil more and more. And someone will say, I don't think you really got saved. Because, and, but you'll be like, you'll be called, how can you judge them? No, I'm not judging them. But the fruits of righteousness are not being, I don't see them. So yeah, it's not by my works. No, I don't have to go to church. No, I don't have to. But if I stand back, something actually happens when people get saved. 
They're a new creation. Old things pass away. All things become new. They start to speak different. They start to hang around different people. Things start to look different. So it's called fruit of righteousness. They become bold. They stand for the word of God. They don't let... uh, they don't like divisions. They don't like discord. They, like, they, they start to have the heart of God. So, yeah, you're not judging them. That they're not. Who do you say who is saved? No. But we're like, well, where's the, where's the fruit? Where's the fruit? So, so the Pharisees were coming judging him. And he's like, where's your, you, root of vipers, you. Um, you're, uh, he called them caskets, walking caskets. Why? Because they had nothing inside of them. He wasn't condemning them to hell, but basically Jesus did to a lot of them. He says, it, now that you say you see, you remain blind. And now that you say you have no sin, your sin remains. He was telling them, you need to repent. Because the fruits that you are, they're fruits of the law, and they're not going to work anymore. So, this is the type of things that God's wanting through us. He wants fruit. We have to have fruit. We have to be... He said this right now. For we through the Spirit wait for the hope and the righteousness by faith. So faith is an everyday thing. See, what's going on, the problem is, I had faith. I was repentant. I felt bad. I had faith. I went to church. I felt something. I believed it. They said that was it. I'm saved. Now... I have no more faith anymore. Faith isn't something, it's not a one-time thing. Faith is a thing until the end. Our continuous faith in Jesus Christ is the fruits of our righteousness. Right? My faith in Him opened my eyes. Now that I see, I'm getting more faith in Him and more faith in Him and more fruit and more fruit. All of a sudden, I'm not just a little seed or a little plant. I'm an oak of righteousness giving shade to everybody around me because of my faith. It's faith in Jesus, not in me. My faith in Him proves the fruit that, I, that are manifest through my life. He said, you did run well. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? He said, you were running good. What happened? This persuasion did not come from Him that called you. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. I have this confidence in you through the Lord that you will be none otherwise minded, but he that has troubled you shall bear the judgment whosoever he shall be. And he talks about preach the circumcision, and he talks about yet you suffer persecution, then it is an offense of the cross ceased. I would they which trouble you because I said those that are trying to get you to work in your flesh those that are trying to now make you work work your salvation in your own works it's not by works that any man should boast but it's about faith and abiding but it t- it doesn't take works of the flesh to abide it takes a surrender of heart mind body and soul Jesus and a total And then in that, you get the fruits of boldness and righteousness. It's an amazing thing. But then he said this, The law is fulfilled in the one word, even as this shall you love thy neighbor as thyself. But you bite and devour one another. Take heed lest you be consumed one of another. This I say, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The lust against 
against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. They are contrary one of another. You cannot do the things that you would. So he's saying right there, walking in the flesh, you will not be able to bear fruit. So when you're walking in the flesh, you know you're not abiding in Him. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest. Fornication, adultery, lasciviousness, idolatry, adultery, that was the first, uh, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, and heresies. Heresies. Making, giving someone half the law and half grace is a heresy. Because they're always going to be looking at their fruit. They're always going to be looking at what they did or didn't do at the end of the day. You gotta, at the end of the day, you got to know, are you going to bed with peace? Because if you don't have peace, then repent. And let God work in you the fruits until... And when you repent, He keeps changing and you abide back in Him. That's what we do. And He leads you. And then during the day you walk in the Spirit, so then you do everything. So if you walked in the Spirit all day, you'd have the peace of righteousness. Envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like therefore I have told you in the past, such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit, now He didn't say this is the fruit of the Spirit. He said the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. See, these are fruits. Jesus has all these. And as we abide in Him, they come out of us. So the minute we get cut off, see, then all of a sudden we get acting in our flesh. So, if someone's always in the flesh, then maybe, you know, if He's divine and we're the branch, and then maybe is what? What happens? You dry out. He says, "What he throws you in the fire because it's good, good. You're good firewood. When you're a branch and you're full and you green, and somebody hits you with a machete or hurts you, but God heals you real quick. But you're green inside. But eventually, if you're all dried out and everything, you're eventually it rots off the branch. And he doesn't want that on us. So we're like a tree too. And he wants an oak, right? He wants to get prune all the bad branches." And He does that though. It's not you. He's doing that as you abide in Him. As you abide in Him. The fruits of salvation also walking in the truths of righteousness. Focusing on the fruit is, is really will make you have condemnation. When you do not comes to discern when it comes to discerning of the fruits in others, we must really be careful. Why do Christ, Christians okay? I'm going to go on to this. I said a lot of this. I said that. Right here. So what is another thing about righteousness? See, religion will say, wow, he's, he's bold. He's prideful. The righteous are as bold as a lion. See, people that are in religion or under the law, they'll see boldness as prideful because they... You're confident because what? You're connected to Him. You have peace. Your thermometer is not your fruits that you're looking at all the time. Because you can't be righteous if you're looking at... You can't be bold if you're looking at your fruit. Say you're the branch, right? And you're like, man, uh, where is that fruit coming yet? And of course someone comes by 
and he's got a little fruit, how are you going to be able to be uh, bold? But God says, say this or say that for their own good. I can't say that. He's got a fruit. I don't have any fruit. I'm looking at this fruit. See, that's how the devil gets us not to be, to be bold. Bold stands up for righteousness because it's his righteousness. So if we're in him, it's not our righteousness, but it's his righteousness. Because all the time, no matter what, we're never going to be righteous to the point of the righteousness of Christ. And, and in Isaiah, it calls fil our righteousness filthy rags. So when you begin to want to do, produce your own fruit, you're, you, you, you put yourself back in the law. So many... Uh, so, okay, like this, for example. You might come in the kingdom of God and you're already very shy. And the fruit that God might want to get in your life is He wants you to be bolder. And that's what He's working on in you. And someone else comes in and they're really bold. And they're just bold because they're confident people. And they come in the kingdom and God's like, I want to calm that down. I want to get the, those fruits in Him. But each, each one of them could be just as righteous and be just as bold and confident in what they're saying. That's the work of God. He knows what we need, what He needs to prune, and what he, but the fruits will manifest. So we begin to misjudge people. Somebody might be real meek and timid, but they don't even know Jesus. But, oh, but you've, read, you've studied Galatians. You read it every morning. This, this is also a work of God. Meekness, kindness, you recite it. I'm going to be meek today. I'm going to be kind today. I'm going to... That's the law. <laughs> that's the law. you got to be... Focus on Jesus. Focus on the cross. Abide in Him. Pray. Holy Spirit, where are you? What do you want me to do? And that's it. Get your peace. He'll search your heart. Oh, go repent. Go tell this person you're sorry. Oh, I'm back in peace. Now you're in the righteousness of God. Now you'll be bold. Now when someone comes with some wrong doctrine or something, you're bold to say no. But if you've just now done something wrong in your flesh and you're not in Him, all of a sudden... You can't do nothing. And that's what condemnation. And you beat yourself up. Am, am I ever going to stop this sin? That's the law. No, as soon as you abide in Him, the sin stops. As soon as you keep your eye on Jesus and stop looking at your own self, because it's all false humility or pride, you, you get your peace back. You get your joy back because it's all from Him. It's not out of what you do, it's what He did. Let me say it again. The fruit that God wants to manifest in your life is not what you do, it's what He did on the cross for you. God is perfecting the fruit. If you try to do, to do it on your own strength, it's counterfeit. And the fire comes and it gets exposed. Fruits of righteousness. We are the righteousness of Christ. So in, because of Christ we're bold, not because of what we did. Because the devil can look, make you look back everything you did before you were saved then. There's nobody going to be righteous. And he'll still try to do that when you try to live in the law. You're going to be still carrying everything you did before Christ and the thing you did that day that wrong. It all comes on you. Everybody can stand up and stretch for a minute. I'm going to read the last passage. So we got deceptive and false fruits. The last scripture I'm going to be reading and then we're going to, I'm going to pray. John 15, I am the true vine. My father is the husband, so is the vine dresser. So he's saying, the Holy Spirit in your life is the vine dresser of your life. He's the one. 
Every branch in me that bears not fruit, now we're in Christ, bears fruit, he takes away. But every branch that bears fruit, he purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now, look, this is very, very good right here. Now you are clean through the word that I have spoken to you. You're already clean. <laughs> you're clean. With a lot of fruit or no fruit, because you're abiding in him, because he's clean. Right? He said, um, he said, be hidden in Christ, make no provisions for the flesh. We put on Christ, make no provisions for us. He said, we are, we are crucified with Christ. It's no longer us that live, but he lived. But he's not saying you're really doing it. But if you focus on the law yourself, you'll never understand. You'll never really bear the fruits that God wants you to do. Because they're already in you. They just got to come out of you. But if you can... If you continue to focus on the outside, nothing from the inside will come. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. And he wants us to be like a tree. Do you, a tree, you go to an orange grove in Florida. Let's say God's the farmer and it's his place. He planted it. He's watering it. He's doing everything, really. It's, 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 it, an orange tree is an orange tree. It didn't go to school to become an orange tree. It didn't have to read 10 books to become an orange tree. It didn't have to... It, it, the tree is dependent on the water, the soil, the sun, all the elements that... God already put out there. It just has to be in the right environment. So God says as a Christian, just get in the right environment. As a Christian, just be around the right word. As a Christian, just be around the right people. As a Christian, keep the fire, right? So the orange tree didn't have to take 10 classes or ministry school to even minister or, or to have the fruit. It comes automatically. So in our life, Fruit comes automatically. So what's your, what we can judge people like, they're not near Jesus. Oh, okay, well that, someone is not abiding in Him, that's what he's saying. It's not about how much of God He has. Is God, does He have God? So right now, same with any other fruit, cause, because God made the seed. We're all seeds of righteousness. And we are, uh, He said, the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. And when that mustard seed's planted... Righteousness has been planted in you and it's watered and it's taken care of. It takes over the whole garden. He said, this is how the kingdom of God is. The kingdom of God is in you. The vision on that wall didn't start with our church in Brazil. Didn't start with anybody here in our face. It started with the vision. The vision was a seed planted in a man, planted in you, and now it's been multiplying into the nations. Because it's God's seed, it's God's identity, it's God's DNA that He's putting inside of us. And when we, when we abide in Him and He abides in us, we begin to look like Him because we are connected to the life source. And that's why we're telling people, you got to unconnect yourself to the harlot system. And you got to be connected, you got to be planted in the kingdom of God. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you abide in me and I in him, he will bring forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. See, the law, you're doing it because of him. 
God told me to do it. Now in Him, you're doing it because it is Him. See, if we do miracles because the miracles is inside of us. If we heal somebody, the healer's in me. It's not, I'm not a healer. Healing's in me because I'm in the healer. If, if, if the word of truth comes out of me, it's not because I know so much truth. It's because He is in me. See, so people speak speaking and they don't speak truth all the time. You know, maybe, you know, that's how he says heresies. And these are works of the flesh. Your knowledge comes, but yeah, you, it's, you sound very pharmaceutical and very scribely and like a Berean, but it doesn't have revelation because the revelation is Jesus. Jesus reveals himself through his body. Jesus reveals himself through his work. Jesus reveals his fruit through us. So it's very simple. So just focus on staying in Him. Staying in His presence. Staying in His Word. Staying in His peace. His shalom. Staying in His joy. Abide in me and my words abide in you. Where am my Father's glorified that you bear much fruit? Everyone, well, I want to glorify God. I want to go to the nation. I want to preach to Bring Him glory. You want to bring God a lot of glory? Abide in Him. You'll be preaching. You'll be getting fruit. You'll be healing people. You see, you're trying to get to something that is going to happen automatically. You can't. We are all called to the ministration of reconciliation. It doesn't matter what your calling is, what your title is, what anything is. We're all called to restore the dead to life. That's our call, every one of us. No matter what level, what platform, doesn't matter. But you cannot do that at all if you have no fruits. His fruits. And the Father loved me, and I have loved you. Continue in my love and keep my commandments. See, all the keys are here. And you shall abide in my love. Keep my commandments and you abide in my love. And when you abide in my love, even as my Father has kept my commandments, I abide in His love. These things I have spoken unto you that, right there, why are you depressed? Because you're, you're, trying to, you're living in the law half the time. How come you have no joy? Because your focus is, not, is, is on the stock market. Your focus is on the epidemic. Your focus is on your fruit. Your focus is on what you have and don't have in your life. If you focus on Jesus, He has everything. It's very simple. Your joy might be full because you're full. That's why He, he said it's like a dove. Have dove's eyes because does what? They focus. Eagles, focus. An eagle can be flying way high in the spirit, soaring around, and he can see and focus on something so small. And, and he says, it's your focus. Is your focus on Jesus? Because then your fruit will remain. If your focus is on the fruit or the things that come through the blessing, you're going to be striving for the blessing your whole life. But if you focus on the blesser, the blessings come automatically. And then your joy remains. It's not just for an hour. Because all of a sudden, your joy comes from, oh, I, got, I finally got my check in the mail. But once you spend it or you realize all your bills are paid, but now I have no money, then your joy is gone. Because that's a little fruit that came out of your own works. But see, he's like this. We're like this little boy sits in a car and, and, and the father drives through the donut you know, the, didn't, the kid didn't know enough and didn't know 
and the dad takes them out for a ride and they go drive through donuts and they get a whole box of donuts and the, the dad buys the kid the box of donuts and then they pull off and the dad's like can I have a donut please and he's like no they're my donuts this is what we do with our life our time our money everything with God and the kids like no you gave these are my donuts and then you're like really and you just and, and the father's heart breaks and he says no doesn't he know that that whole donut chain we own the whole chain of donuts and anytime he wants any donuts all he's got to do is go to daddy donut store and drive in and when he gets when he gets and he does right uh, but he won't even get back to daddy one little donut and daddy's gave him a whole box of 12 donuts and that's how we began to get when we get oh I finally got my thing you know I got this you can't and God's like no abide in me and everything is yours everything is yours this is my commandment to love one another so you can't if you try to love someone in the flesh it might look to, the, to people you're so kind and nice and love. look he patted her she's so she's always got a smile but it won't last because you go home something happens and your love will your love will get cold but God is fire and when you have his love it's always fire always fire see your love will wax cold but God's love is a raging fire what greater love does has no man than this and lay down his life for his friends you are my friends because you do whatever I command you there's another key there and once for I call you not servants but because a servant, see, a servant keeps the whole box of donuts. I, I, I deserve this. But he, I have called you friends for you. See, now revelation, right? Oh, I got this revelation. I'm going to hold on to it. God said, give it away and I'll give you more revelation. I have called you and, and heard of my father and you have made known unto you. I have not, you have not chosen me, but I've chosen you and ordained you. That you should go forth and bring forth fruit of what? Righteousness. Bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. So you can get fruit right when you get saved. Sorry, and all of a sudden, why? it doesn't remain. Why? Because you stopped abiding. You stopped believing. You stopped having faith in Him and started to have faith in your own strength or your own blessing or your own works. And He says... This is another sign of your fruits of righteousness because if you have his fruits of righteousness, the world is going to hate you. He says, and whatsoever you shall ask in my Father's name, he will give it to you. These things I command you, that you love one another. And if the world hates you, you know that they hated me before they hated you. And if the world, if you were in the world, the world would love his own. But because you are not, see in religion, they say everybody's got to like you or you're doing something wrong. You there finds it. You see what I'm saying? So it doesn't, it's not on being liked. See, everybody started to hate Jesus, but he was full of fruit. Because they started to hate his fruits because of their unrighteous hearts and their unrighteousness. You see, and righteous people will hate unrighteousness, but they'll love the person. That's how the, their fruit will allow them to love the unrighteous person. But without the fruit, you become legalistic and pharmaceutical because you have the truth, but you do not have the fruit. And without the 
fruit with the truth, you become a porcupine. You become a, a tree of thorn, and you gather thorns, thistles, and all those prickery cactus things. And you become self-righteous. You don't even realize you don't have any fruit. Yeah, you're a tree, but you're a cactus. He that hates me hates my father also. And I have not done among you the works that I have done that no man has done. And they, here it is again what I had preached earlier. They would have no, not had sin, but now that they have both seen and hated me and my father. Now you've seen me, he's saying. But his comes to pass that the word might be fulfilled that is written in the law. They hated me without a cause. They hated Daniel without a cause. They hated Meshach and Abednego without a cause. They're going to hate the Christians of Venice without a cause. The Christians of Nicomas without a cause. The Christians of Brazil without a cause. Because they're unrighteous fruit. But when the comforters come, I will send unto you the Father. And the Spirit of truth. And he proceeded. We have that right now. We have that promise right now. We have that righteous now. That the Spirit of truth is the Spirit of righteous. And that is in us right now. And we bear witness of those that are of God. And also shall bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. With him. Father, I pray right now as we seal this message, God, that we do not focus on our humanity, God. We do not focus on our works, God. We do not focus, but we focus on your word that directs our step like a lamp in darkness. And we focus on abiding in you. Because we want real fruit, God. We want real fruit that remains. Real fruit that people can eat. Eat the fruit of our lips. Eat the fruit of our works. And that you be glorified. Because people that do not know you will not know the difference. And that's why many people are becoming proselyted. Because they do not know you. And if they had known you, and if they'd known me, they would known him. Because they do not know the Holy Spirit, and they do not know what the fruits of righteousness are, they can become workers of iniquity. It means what they do is for a different source. For them, the world, increase, religiosity, man-pleasing. Father, we need to get this deep into our spirit that... We are already righteous. Let us abide in that righteousness. Let us live out the fruits of righteousness that the fruits of the Spirit will manifest in our daily lives every day. That this is the promise that we have because you loved us and you chose us first that we follow after you, that we pick up our cross and we deny ourselves because you rose and we will rise with you because you're alive, we're alive. And because of you, we are righteous, not because of our works that any man should boast, but because we are in you, righteous is in us. And for this reason, you desire that we bear these fruits and these fruits of righteousness that remain every day. And God, we forgive ourselves right now. Let's just pray right now. God, God Father, Father, I forgive myself, forgive myself. for focusing on fruit for focusing on other people's fruits, for focusing on the law, and a dead letter apart from you.
but in you. I live. In you. I breathe. And in you. I have my being. That means in Christ, I make no provision for my own mind, my own strength, or my own laws. In you, I have the fruits that will remain, the fruits that will glorify my Father in heaven. You birth your church, your body to glorify your name on the earth. And Father, help us to see you rightly and to see others as you see them. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.